Welcome everybody to episode two of the lock-in. As you can see, we've uh, upgraded our setup here. You can see behind me anyway. I've I've created a little uh, image there. You know, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Me, me looking really tough and Dara looking really really tough, and uh, we're behind bars. It's brilliant. Yeah, I, I've made absolutely no change to my setup. Uh, <laughs> we're it's 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 stuck in time. It's not going to change. I'm not going to mess around with my computer and try and figure out. Um, yeah, I'm slightly alarmed looking at your screen. I'll try, <laughs> what I'll what did you think it. when you saw this image first? The, the 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 kind of us behind bars bandit style. Yeah, I mean it's a very good image and and, and very apt and uh, <laughs> a little bit alarming how natural we look in that setting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could you imagine? Imagine we really were locked together as uh, prison roomies. Yeah, one of us would have killed the other one by now. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Well, listen, well, let's start by just asking a very general poker question, which I guess people ask each other. In fact, we would ask each other this any time normally. How are you running these days? How's the last few weeks been? Uh, last few weeks since, since lockdown in general have been really, really good. Last week hasn't been brilliant. Um, I've started to side swing, which is probably the most annoying thing of all, where you just feel like you're playing for no reason. But yeah, overall, it's been very good. Um, Cash the Irish Open at the weekend, which was uh cool um because i'd satellite it in as well so um doing huge volume basically uh the kind of volume i used to do at the very start of my career um but haven't done for a long time um so yeah it's all good how about you yeah it's been going really well to be honest i um posting sort of three out of four winning sessions which i guess is like even the low variance schedule i'd normally go for would only be about half and half normally so it does feel mm. good but I think more so you just you feel like the games are good they just feel good yeah. to you when you're in them so I think um, I, I think there is plenty of value around and uh, yeah I, within one of our social chat groups I remember you did that tweet where you talked about how good the games were and then you jokingly came in and said oh I jinxed myself today tonight I only won a grand tonight so, yeah, uh, and even that turned out to be a jinx because I've been side swinging since then. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was that incredible period at the start of the lockdown where even on nights I was running bad and I was checking my account balance at the end of, and finding I was still up, which is just ridiculous. Um, that's not really supposed to happen for tournament poker players. We're supposed to actually have far more losing sessions than we have winning sessions. It's just the, sure. the odd big winning session obviously makes, makes up for it all. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the games are still amazing. The numbers are amazing. Um, Remains to be seen how long it can last, uh, but mm -hmm. I think this is pretty much the perfect storm for online poker because not only is there no live poker, but there's also no sports. So uh, sports bettors traditionally have been, let's say, some of the softer money in poker. Um, a lot of the sites back in the day, the reason why you want to be on those sites was they were essentially sports betting sites that had a poker um, wing to them. And the poker wing used to notably get very, very soft uh, at night after the sports betting was done for the day and um the, the feeling was some of the sports bettors are coming in chasing their losses at the poker tables um so yeah it's it's almost the perfect storm because people don't have people aren't able to bet on sports um much anymore so uh, really good for really good times for online poker yeah those sports bettors chasing their losses is a beautiful thing um how have you been running otherwise in the sense that uh, I, I, a little bird told me you may have done your biggest run ever in the last day or two, is that right? Um, my biggest run in the last few years, yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's a function of a couple of things. Basically, when I'm, when I'm doing my normal schedule, 
let's say a normal month for me looks like I'm at home for three weeks and I have my routine and I go out for my run um, and I do one long run a week. But then I go on a, on a live poker trip and that kind of disrupts everything. Uh, even with the best one in the world, I try to run on, on trips, but it's not the same. I certainly don't get to do a long run. Um, obviously Basically that, then we eat chocolate cake, Dara. On, uh, we eat chocolate cake and drink lots of whiskey and do all that stuff. Yeah, so I always come, and, I, and sometimes I get sick after a poker live trip as well. So uh, it's kind of all the bad stuff. Um, even bef- before our last trip, I hadn't traveled actually since, I think it was in November, our, our last stop before then. Um, so, and I managed to somehow come out of our most recent trip uh, completely unscathed in terms of I did actually keep running during that trip and I didn't get sick. So this is probably the longest I've had uh, where I've just been training on undisrupted. So yesterday I decided I'd go for uh, the longest run I've gone for uh, in a few years, and actually felt very strong at the end of it. Um, felt like I could have gone got even further. Um, so on that front, it's been very good. Well, give our viewers a sense of that. Is that 40 miles? Is that No, not quite 40 miles. It's 32 miles I did yesterday, um, which for those of you who think in kilometers is about 52 kilometers. Uh, and that's split up into three. Obviously, you can't go out and run for that long uh, in one go with no water. So what I do is I come back every hour, hour and a half uh, just to drink some water and mess around on social media usually. Uh, and then go back out and do it again. So it's done in, in basically three batches with uh, two breaks of 15, 20 minutes in the middle. So sort of like three 15 or 17 Ks, you know, with what, like 10 or 15 minute breaks in between? Yeah, yeah, essentially. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's pretty much what it is. Uh, and actually, yeah, getting, getting going again after the breaks can actually be the toughest part because sort of when you stop, your body thinks, oh, we're stopped now, we'll just... Uh, start all the repairs but uh, uh forcing yourself to 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 get going again is tough and i i did force myself out for a short run today before uh before this uh i just did four miles and that was very very difficult but uh it's the recovery which is the thing you're kind of training yourself to recover fast from these uh traumatic events and back in the day there when you used to do the serious serious running like the 100k plus stuff what was the recovery time like after something like that? Like if you did do your biggest one in a while and let's say back then it was maybe twice what you did yesterday, what sort of timeline are we talking? Is it a week to just recharge and get the body working again? Well, the biggest ones back then were the races themselves. Um, I, I, I never went super long in training. Um, the longest I would go in training would be 40 miles. Uh, and actually the way the way we used to do it was I would do 40 miles usually on a Saturday morning and then on Saturday evening um, I would do another 30 miles so that was really sort of minimizing the amount of recovery time Uh, so you just basically had the day to recover but you forced yourself to go out and run in the evening because a lot of it was because I ran the really long races and really the most important skill was being able to sort of keep going when you were already very, very tired. And that was the best way to sort of reproduce that in training, having done your longest run of the week in the morning, forcing yourself to go out and do another long run in the evening. Uh, But the races themselves, yeah, the races typically took, it it generally wasn't a full week, at least, well, I guess to fully recovery was at least a week. But I mean, I remember even after my most traumatic race, the first 24 hour race I ran in Canada, where I ended up in hospital for 24 hours afterwards, 
uh, lost all my toenails, uh, feet completely swollen, had to fly back the following day. Um, even then, I, from what I remember, uh, the race was on a Saturday and I went out for my first recovery run the following Tuesday or Wednesday. You have a funny story. Well, it's not actually that funny, but I find it funny. Uh, from uh, that recovery time in the hospital in Canada, wasn't that the time you sort of passed out and woke up and people yeah. were uh, arguing about, they were taking bets on how you were going to die? Yeah, basically, the, the, the it was quite a surreal experience because the race was run in Canada in summer, which, I mean, we think of Canada as quite a cold country, but in summer, it gets very, very warm. Um, so it was run in about, I'm going to say, 35 degrees Celsius and um, very high humidity as well, actually. Humidity was the real killer. Um, so we ran for 24 hours around a small town in uh, Quebec, French Canada, uh, called Drummondville. Um, and it was done in laps. Each lap was, I think, about two kilometers. Uh, and at the end of the 24 hours, the hooter stopped. The hooter sounded, and you had to stop wherever you, you were, and they came out and measured your partial lap to give you your final distance. So as luck would have it, I was literally halfway through a lap when um, the hooter sounded. So I sat down on the road and waited for them to come. Now, the way they do it is they come out from both sides, to measure the people who are nearest. So the people who are nearest the end and the people who are nearest the beginning get measured first. When I was, given that I was halfway around the lap, I was literally the last person to get measured. So it, it took them about an hour to get to me to measure the- An hour? Um, yeah. So I'm sitting there in the sun and I had deliberately not drank any water for the last hour um, because the thinking is- you, It's just extra weight, isn't it's it? It's just extra weight, exactly. Your body doesn't absor really absorb it. So you, you kind of empty the tank in the sense that you just, completely deplete your water resources as well. So I'm sitting there in the heat, completely dehydrated. They eventually came and measured me. And then I started to walk back through um, towards the start of the race. Um, and then the next thing I remember is waking up in an ambulance on the way to the hospital. Uh, and then I passed out again. And I woke up during the night uh, in this uh, French Canadian hospital. And I remember clearly there were two doctors either side of me. Um, and they were talking in French and one was clearly a cardiologist and the other guy was um, some sort of other doctor. And the cardiologist was saying like, he, he's going to die of cardiac arrest. He, uh, uh, his, heart, he, his heart is just abnormally big and uh, yeah, he's, going to, he's basically going to go into cardiac arrest. And the other guy was saying, no, no, he's going, the kidneys are going to get him. His kidneys aren't working. Uh, so he's going to die of kidney failure. And because I understood what they were saying, I woke up and I'd obviously, when you go into ultra running, you start to read up and all this stuff. And I had read up and I found out that these sorts of symptoms were common after a race where it looks like you're dying, but you're not, but you're not actually dying. It's just the body very quickly repairing itself. So I started arguing with them in French saying, no, no, this is completely normal. I'll be fine, honestly. And they were like, no, no, you won't be fine. <laughs> your, your heart is fucked. Your kidneys are fucked. And I was like, no, no, honestly, I'll be fine. And then I just remember, I guess I went back to sleep and I woke up the next morning and the doctor came around and said, yeah, actually, you're right. You are fine now. Uh, you can leave if you want. Um, uh, you're going to have to leave in a wheelchair because you can't stand, but uh, but you, but we, we are prepared to let you go if you want. So yeah, it was a surreal experience to wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and hear two doctors <laughs> arguing over how I was going to die. Oh, well, on that happy note, we'll, we'll change tact here. I had to do a very weird thing over the last week. Uh, so it was Hunter's birthday. And like last year, my oh, yeah, dad yeah. and my... Th th three now, right? 
Yeah, he turned three. And yeah. last year, we kind of managed to get a couple of people over, so we made a bit of a party. Also, he was two last year, so he was oblivious. <laughs> this year, he sort of had the beginnings of awareness, like he really liked blown out candles and he knows when it's other people's birthdays and the concept of a present is something he's aware of but of course I couldn't get him a present you can't you can't get anything at the moment so I absolutely sucked out and, and I hope this story gets retold maybe years from now where I'm cast as a more heroic creature but I was uh, I was coming from the supermarket and I thought to myself okay I uh uh, I, I'll do my, you know, hand sanitizer, bring the, the, the produce home, you know, kind of thing we're all doing once a week or whatever. And I'm leaving the supermarket and there's a toy store in the complex and it's obviously closed, but the guy who owns it is there and he's locking up the shop or he's opening the shop to lock it up again or whatever he's doing. And I just said to him, I said, are you open? And he's like, no, I'm not allowed to be open. And I was like, but could I buy something like you're just here? And he was like, um, I'm not really supposed to sell you anything. And I was like, oh, it's my son's. I gave him the whole sub story. My son's birthday tomorrow. I'll be a hero if I have anything. And he's like, well, what do you want? And I was like, I'll oh, just fucking anything. Like, <laughs> like, if you can't go into the stuff, because he, most of his store was like packed in the doorway of the store where he obviously opens the store and pulls all that stuff out to the front. So I just said, oh, look, anything that's for a three-year-old there. So he got me this like tabletop sandpit. And Hunter opened that on his birthday. And yeah, basically I'm brilliant now best dad ever managed really? to get a present for his son <laughs> during the quarantine did you rub it in Sharon's face yeah totally I was like that's daddy's present now <laughs> mammy didn't get yet mammy baked you a cake but uh, daddy got you the present remember yes yeah, the complete often when our kids were growing up like I literally did none of that stuff but Maria was always really good she made sure that my name went on the card as well <laughs> actually I tended to get more credit way more credit not only than I deserved but more credit than or in some cases well, um, in fairness to Sharon, she made a gluten-free cake just for me, so I got to have some cake. Oh, well. nice. So she, she gets some props for that. Nice. Um, I meant to ask you the last day, and I, I, I think I started off by making reference to it, and I see it there over your left shoulder from my point of view. How is your next book coming along? That's obviously oh, your God. last book, Poker Satellite Strategy. Yeah, I'm still working on it. <laughs> I mean, or, or I should say Barry's working on it. I kind of did my last significant brain dump, I think. At least I keep, I hope, I keep saying this is my last brain dump and then I keep brain picking in more stuff. We're going to have to unpack brain dump here. Yeah, it's just basically where I tell him all the stuff that I've figured out and uh, show him any sims I've run and then he kind of translates that into a format that um, would make sense to the readers. Um, so we've done this a few times and then I've gone away. I'm, I'm actually playing mostly PKOs at the moment because they're by far the best tournaments online. Um, so I am kind of figuring out more stuff as we go as well, but I kind of feel like I've probably reached close to the end of, 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 of how good I'm going to get at PKOs at the moment. So hopefully there won't be too much more. Um, but yeah, it's taking a lot more time. The thing is I'm prioritizing play over absolutely everything else now. So um, I'm playing almost every day. So I'm not, I don't even have that much time to play. Uh, put into the book or um the other stuff that i do coaching i'm still doing coaching because people are people are actually clamoring for coaching now because they're obviously looking for stuff to do in this time and to use their time productively which is great and, you, and i don't want to turn anybody away so that's that's sort of like second on the priority list but um uh yeah i i feel like it's going to be probably june at the earliest before it comes out Okay. Yeah, well, these things like the first time around, I suppose it did take longer than you thought that time too. And yeah. this is arguably something you had to do more research for because you would have had a lot of the 
core material may be done because that the satellites were obviously your specialty beforehand where it's kind of KOs became your specialty in the last year. Yeah, also a much bigger topic, it has to be said. Like satellites are almost solvable, at least the important stuff, the end game stuff. Uh, there's just very similar situations um, and uh, the, the, the concepts are relatively easy to get across. Like I reckon you could probably write a thousand books on PKOs and you still wouldn't, you still wouldn't be covering them uh, comprehens- as comprehensively as right. we did satellites in that book because there's just so much to them and the situations are also different. So the big task this time has been to try and take the big picture view and what's the really important stuff, what's the stuff that would give people the most value uh, learning quickly and um, uh, yeah, and, and take it from there. But this is very much sort of a, a, a first draft. We, we feel like with the satellite book, we sort of wrote the final word on satellites, but this is really just the first word and there's a lot more to come. Not Probably not from us, but from other people, I would say, uh, on PKOs in the future. Sure. It's tough life being a content creator, isn't it, Derek? There's so much work to do. I'm finding Yeah, you've been incredibly busy too, because I mean, we're we're still putting out the the, the normal show. We're doing this obviously as well. Uh, We put out a new video this week um, and you've been uh, very busy editing. We've we've actually recorded quite a stuff, a lot of stuff ahead of time. Um, So you've been doing all that. Uh, Do you find that a useful distraction from the current situation or does it just kind of add to your stress? It's a good question, actually. Um, I'll probably have to think about this one. I think it like it, it is definitely a distraction, and I guess anything that distracts you from going on the coronavirus websites and looking up jet tells and stuff is a, a good thing because I, I do find myself compelled to find out the latest information, whether it's via news or these websites. I, I know it's kind of morbid, but I, I would rather know than not know. So, yeah, I, I guess when you know twelve hours goes by and you've been busy enough that you haven't done something like that, that's a good thing, I suppose, for your mental health or your emotional state. And uh, yeah, it has been busy. You're right. Obviously, we, we're right in the middle of putting out shows at the moment. So uh, working similarly to the way we work in normal times, we're sort of a month on, a month off. So Dara and I would usually record for maybe two, three weeks, sort of get enough material there for four segments multiplied by four shows, something like that. And then that gives me time to edit them. Some stuff we might do right before the, the show goes out. But most of the time we have at least two thirds of the show banked maybe a week or two ahead of time. And that allows us to, well, get, keep the quality up, I suppose, because there is quite a big edit on all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, I imagine I'm going to be a bit more free in the times where originally scheduled, we don't have shows. Now we're, we're, we're going to put on... Uh, this lock-in every fortnight now we've decided for, well, as long as this sort of uh, way of life continues. And then the Jamie Kerstetter video, which is getting very good feedback, um, went out this week as well. And we had to train in Sharon. My Mrs. Sharon has taken over from our fabulous uh, animator and artwork man, Willie, who has been an amazing servant of this show in so many ways for five years. Like at the very beginning, when I think back uh, to our very first season when we were working for free, Willie absolutely worked for free too, making us posters and stuff back in the day. He really loved the show and loved what we were trying to do. And uh, it was great that uh, Unibet were able to take him on as our kind of animator artwork guy. As soon as they started sponsoring the show, they were keen to have him as part of the team too. And um, it's it's going to be weird actually without him as somebody to bounce ideas off and whatnot going forward. And uh, uh, we're lucky to have Sharon who can fill those boots though, I suppose too. 
Yeah, it's, it's certainly very sad to see Willie go. I mean, he's very, I, I know he's very busy with his other stuff now as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Willie's poker career, uh, you know, in, in, in the poker industry has taken off and it's been great to see because Willie was the original enthusiast who just really got enthusiastically behind the show, did everything he could to help us in the early days um, and ended up coming on board. And um, what, what he's done on the strategy videos is remarkable. I mean, the, 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 the replayer is just brilliant. Um, it, it it really adds life, and it's noticeable how much better the the videos do. Um, and I think Willie's creation there is a big part of it, and that and, and that's obviously going to live on. I know he's handed over the reins to Sharon, and the um, the intention is to keep the sort of same look as uh, uh, the, the patented Willie look. Um, so so that's been very good. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's. I guess it's tricky for both of us because we have to sort of um juggle all the other stuff that we're doing around the chip race with the with with, with also trying to play more online at the moment um um it's just, it's actually kind of weird but like most people i think are trying are struggling how to fill their their time and we kind of have the opposite problem this is probably our busiest period ever um it's got to the stage again where i'm i'm actually dreaming about poker and uh I realized the other day as well too that the way I'm actually the way my brain processes poker has changed when I'm playing online now when I have a pre-flop decision I'm actually seeing the grid in my head of my range and my opponent's range <laughs> and I'm sick and it's almost like I'm looking at it going yeah this is this is the box I'm in this is my hand this is sometimes a, a three bet sometimes a call or whatever it, it might be and then when you get to post-flop I'm actually seeing PO solutions I can almost <laughs> like Imagine myself, okay, he's raised, so now what do I do over here in, in, in the grid? So I'm seeing everything in grids at the moment, which is kind of... I had, I had in my mind it was going to be like some sort of sexy dream you can no. wake up in a puddle no. having won a tournament in your brain. No, 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 that stuff. It's, it's, all, it's all the really <laughs> mundane stuff. And I'm not even saying that the PO sims in my brain or the grids are correct. They're, all, they're almost certainly not, but that's the way my brain is processing now and visualizing stuff. <laughs> I'm wondering if this is going to translate when I go back to playing live where I'm just going to be looking at people's faces and I won't see anything other than just the grid of their opening range. Well, I don't know if this is a testament to the fact that the, uh, how my brain is working at the moment, but I have dreamt about filling in the form to send to Leo of private tournaments that people want. <laughs> Home games, five euro game, give them a 10k stack, 10 minute clock, <laughs> passwords. Yeah. I swear to God, I've done so many of them, I'm losing my mind. I actually think, unfortunately, what, uh, you know, never a good deed went unpunished. I think, unfortunately, a lot of the people out there now believe that I'm just the most useful member of Unibet support because they've got a, like a hotline to me at weird off-peak hours where I might check my Twitter because I am on Twitter a lot. And now they're going to come to me going, oh, hey, uh, I have to give my identification and a utility bill. Can you help me with that? I'm like, no, <laughs> leave me alone. There's a whole section for that. I don't do that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I get that too. I mean, people do just kind of hit you up because they can't get to support or whatever. Um, sure. But yeah, I've gotten good at just like, I don't know. I don't, I know nothing about that, that stuff. Sorry. That's my, that's my, not, not my area at all. <laughs> well, listen, we'll finish up with one final thing because we have to pay the bills, obviously keep the lights on here. Unibet have got an online series, which I think they haven't announced yet, but I'm definitely going to leak because that's what I'm for sort of for really. Um, Unibet online series has in the past been a two-week affair with six tournaments a day, nano, sort of low and high um, buy-ins and then leaderboards connected to all those buy-in levels and then an overall leaderboard 
<laughs> which I won the first time. Uh, all, all, all did, in the right? mix. Uh, Tourist victory. <laughs> but that, 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 that was the time when you worked out that if you late regged every tournament, match late regged every tournament, you were almost certain to win because they were giving points to half the field. I did what you would have done had you just read the terms and conditions. Sick like exploit. I remember thinking, well, why is Lappin Max Lane hurting every tournament? That, and then I, then I read through the points and I go, ah, uh, uh, okay. He's, mo- he's mostly and, redging into the points. A testament to how good that sort of uh, cheat code is. You did the same thing yep. for the next online series and came second in the overall leader. Although it got tougher because they did actually, they, they closed the exploits slightly. I think you had to come top 30% or something before you got any points. Um, I'm not even sure what it is. Do you know what it's going to be for this, this series? I don't know whether they're going to change it. So that series you had to cash, right? To get any points from what I remember. It was top 15. I think it was top 20% or, or yeah. it was top 15 and then became top 20. I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure that will come out when they actually, when they actually properly announce the thing. But what I do know is over 23 days, they're going to do 21 days of tournaments. So I think it's going to be similar to the uh, way it's done before, but just like one extra week, two rest days kind of fitted in there so people can commit to it and like take a day off and see their family one night or whatever they might want to do and uh, and then it's going to culminate with the Unibet online uh, sorry Unibet open online which obviously mm. is our big 1k event that people have been satelliting into for the last month or so and that's already just looking like it's going to explode guarantees I guess that's sort of what's been happening you saw the Irish open last week go online and probably get bigger numbers than it would have got live I think yeah, we're going to get sure. similar kind of numbers to what our normal stops would be the moment they're guaranteeing 200k Dara I would not be surprised if this hit 300k yeah, I think it's going to be big. There's a huge demand. There's a huge appetite now for online series. I mean, the World Series hasn't officially been cancelled yet, but very few of us think it's going to go ahead. Yeah, that's going to, that's going to leave a huge hole in a lot of people's uh, lives. It's actually going to be interesting to see, particularly in America, what the long term effect is, because a lot of people get their sort of yearly fix of big poker, let's say, by going, by a trip to WSOP. That won't happen this year, where people are being locked in and in a lot of places not not even able to play online. Uh, that's surely going to create much more pressure on uh, legislators to sort out exactly how to get um, online poker back in the States, which again, if that happens and they're not ring fenced, uh, that'll be another absolute boom for uh, online poker. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, One final thing, uh, I noticed just before you came online here, you sent a tweet out saying that uh, this is the the new spin-off show where unfortunately you have to, shower and shave and put on nice clothes before yeah <laughs> congratulations on on sort of presenting yourself to the white yeah world. i can assure you that i'm 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 dressed impeccably from top to bottom it's not just <laughs> the stuff you see from i don't just have sweat pants pants on the bottom half of me it's the little look behind the curtain of the chip race reveals yeah, two people trouserless in their yeah uh, there's no room. way i'm standing up that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> great stuff well listen Dara it's been great fun having the catch up with you of course and uh, yeah please leave some comments in the chat guys if you do like the show let us know if you hate the show let us know tell us your favourite bits and we will be back to do this again in two weeks time yeah we were, we, we were overwhelmed by positive comments last time no we really weren't it was about 40 <laughs> <laughs> just enough. it was just enough to give us encouragement and uh, <laughs> we, we also said we wouldn't be back if the numbers were bad and well, last I checked, it was about 350 people watched the first episode. It's the quality of those people, you people, <laughs> who are probably watching again. Just, yeah, I mean, just think, people. just think about it. Like our average uh, podcast episode gets 
15 to 20,000 now because people can't see our ugly faces and they get to listen to other people other than us. Do you think it's been a disaster that we've pulled behind the curtain now? It people realise it's two trouserless men in their box rooms. Yeah, also, also... <laughs> I think we both benefit very heavily from being edited and uh, this, is, exactly. this is completely unedited. So people are like, this is just two rambling fools. How, how do they actually make the chip race? There must be somebody else in there. There's just going to be all these conspiracy <laughs> theories about now how there's really like a Wizard of Oz type figure behind uh who's who's working out all that stuff yeah but i mean it's 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 just as i mean we're two weeks in i i feel by the end of this like i could i might be so pissed off that i might be gone like full marilyn brando in apocalypse now we <laughs> just have you in silhouettes <laughs> exactly <yeah. laughs> oh i'd watch that one so, so overweight dara on the couch with a really extreme close-up in darkness. Yeah, well, you've already started to block block out your surroundings. So, like for all we know, you've killed Sharon and Hunt and Hunter. You talk about what a great dad you are getting him his present. You probably hung the poor kid on his birthday. Um, very, very worried. Yeah, I'm at least not hiding anything behind me. Um, no, I, I uh, the, the room is a little untidier, but I just learned this little trick about backdrops the other day, so I thought I'd give it a go. Don't don't, don't look around at that <laughs> because the cheapo technology you're using. The, the, the blue screen effect is horrendous. Half your face disappeared there for a minute. Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe the fans will like that. <laughs> okay. Until okay. next time, guys. Take care. Yep. Stay safe. Stay home. And uh, we'll all get through this somehow. Bye bye.